0: Welcome to Dear Prudence, I'm your Prudence Janae Desmond-Harris. Today we'll be discussing whether the following categories of people are totally unreasonable. One, moms who bring their kids to wineries, two, boyfriends who refuse to hard launch their girlfriends on social media, and three, husbands who are really suspicious of their wives friendships with single men. This week, Joining me are the co-hosts of Slate's ICYMI, Rachel Hampton and Candace Lim. ICYMI is a really fun show that keeps you up to date on everything happening on the internet. In other words, they're online, so you don't have to be. Welcome, Rachel and Candace. Hi. Hello. So before we get started, I want each of you, I'll start with you, Candace, to offer <laughs> one piece of totally unsolicited advice.
1: I guess mine is always use the private tab. I am a Chrome browser user and what shocks me is when people I'm not saying they're doing nefarious stuff, but let's say you've got a lot of cookies, okay? You've got a lot of, you know, uh, ads that are trying to get to you Mm -hmm. and trying to influence you and trying to tell you to buy the thing that you just talked about. I'm just saying, guys, why isn't everyone in private tab life anymore? Because it's actually not me hiding my history from someone else. It's me hiding my history from my future self, you see. Mm.
0: See, yeah. I actually, I think this is probably wrong and I'm probably a weirdo. I kind of like the personalized shopping recommendations. Like if I'm mm. not actively shopping, I'll click on the sweater just to be like, yeah, show me more of this. This is the kind of thing <laughs> I'll be buying in fall. Just so you know, I do like it. I actually, I don't know. I don't give a damn about my privacy and I know it's wrong, but um, yeah, I, I like seeing things that the internet knows I want. What about you, Rachel?
2: I think both of those positions are very fair. I have long been an advocate of Instagram ads because they know me Mm -hmm. so well to the point that they're now serving me things that are sustainably made instead of fast fashion because they know I won't click on cider ads anymore. And it's been very helpful. I also don't care about my privacy. My... Piece of unsolicited advice. I would say go through the world assuming that the way anyone is interacting with you has nothing to do with you. Mm. That's how I've been operating for the past year. It's just like, that person was a bit rude. Maybe they got some bad news. Maybe their coffee wasn't as strong as they wanted it to be today. Mm. That person's being weird on TikTok. Maybe they just got broken up with. I just assume that nothing has anything to do with me unless someone tells me that it has something to do with me, at which point I start caring. Yeah,
0: I think that's so smart. Have you ever heard of the sort of woo-woo help book, The Four Agreements? I have. Actually... I think I have a copy of it
2: that my mother gave to me that I haven't read, but I think I have it on this bookshelf right behind me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has like four main pieces of advice. One of them is don't take anything personally. And I think about that a lot. We go through the world and interact with so many people and you have no idea what someone has going on, especially when you read the kind of letters that we're going to be talking about on this show. I mean, people have full, complicated, hard, and depressing lives, so mm-hmm. whatever they're doing is much more likely to be about that than to be about you. Yeah. Great advice. Thank you. Rachel, Candace, and I will dive into your questions after a short break. Can't get enough Dear Prudence? Then you should definitely join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. You'll get to hear me answer an extra question every week just for members. With your subscription, you get ad-free listening across the Slate network and unlimited reading on the Slate site, including all Dear Prudence columns, past and present. Go to slate.com forward slash prudyplus to sign up. It's just $15 for your first three months. Again, that's slate.com forward slash prudyplus. Welcome back. You're listening to Dear Prudence, and I'm here with Rachel Hampton and Candace Lim. Let's get started with our first letter. It's titled Non Digital Girlfriend.
3: My boyfriend and I have been together for three years, and we're very serious. Recently, I've found myself getting bothered that he's never posted me on social media. I feel like it's silly because I don't think everything needs to be public, and I don't post him super often, but he does regularly feature on my stories and pepper my main grid. He'll occasionally repost a story that I post with him tagged on his story, but other than that, there's no proof that I exist in his life. To be fair, he doesn't have any pictures on his socials of any exes and barely any photos of friends. When I've told him that it bothers me that he's never hard-launched me, lol, he said he doesn't see the point and also it would make him feel embarrassed to have to delete anything if we do break up, although he has clarified he doesn't anticipate that happening. I've met all of his family, friends, and family friends, so I'm very much in his circle, so I know he's not hiding me. This feels very Gen Z of me. I don't think that this is a hill to die on, but how do I get over feeling self-conscious that he hasn't and doesn't seem to want to ever post me on the feed?
0: I actually think it feels more millennial in the years 2015 to 2019. Mm. In my mind, as someone who was around during that time, I mean, you were around too, but just a little bit younger, (laughs) I remember the art of hard launching. And do you guys remember the time when you were supposed to put your relationship status on Facebook? Oh, yes.
1: Yes. 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 My favorite story is that I was in high school mm-hmm. during those years. I'm going to say it. There was kind of an A-list power couple at our school and everyone loved them. They were very Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds vibes mm-hmm. and they broke up. So obviously they got to go to Facebook and he's like, changed status to single. And someone literally commented, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> He had to respond in the comments. He was literally student body, like yeah. leadership core. And so he was like, I, he really did a statement. He was like, I'm so sorry to announce <laughs> that me and X have had some mutual disagreements and have had to part ways, but I have respect for them and wish them future success. And this was during college acceptance oh, season. So right, it was right. high high emotions. You know what I mean? But it was just so funny. I, I don't miss that time. But maybe what this writer letter is saying is that we're not exactly past that time.
0: I guess not. I mean, what do you two think? Do you feel that in your friend circles, there's an expectation that relationships are announced on Instagram or TikTok?
2: Not for my cohort of people. I do think that if you have a TikTok that you post regularly on, then it probably would be a part of the social media hard launch. But most of my friends are just lurkers on TikTok, Mm -hmm. much like me. I do think there's an expectation that your long-term partner appears on your social media feed at least once if not on the grid, then Mm -hmm. on the stories. I just feel like if you are documenting every part of your life, then how does your partner not factor Mm -hmm. into that? Right.
0: Okay, but let me defend this poor man. (laughs) He is not documenting every part of his life. He doesn't really put his friends and family up there. He's doing, I assume, pets, sunsets, pictures of his food. That's so
2: fair. But who is in the background of those photos of the pets and the sunsets If not Mm. your partner, I just... Okay, I I agree. It's fair to not be someone who posts a lot on social media. It might not be his thing. I do think the it would be embarrassing if we broke up thing is kind of a dumb excuse. But I Mm -hmm. think I come down on the side of if it means a lot to your partner... Even if it feels silly to you, there are plenty Mm. of silly things that I capitulate to for my friends because I love them and it means a lot to them. And there are things that they do for me that they wouldn't do otherwise. So even if it does feel silly to him to post, it clearly is weighing on the letter writer. And I think given that, the least you can do is post a little photo. It's not that big of a deal. Right. You
0: know, I hadn't thought about that angle. Okay. But let me push back on it a little. (laughs) Okay. So we're already in a situation where he brings her around friends and family. He's public Mm -hmm. with her. He never posted his other exes. He doesn't post his friends and family. She still feels this sense of not being claimed or valued. Do you really think it's going to be enough if he does one picture? I think it
1: is. You do. I think it is. See, so here, I think this is what Rachel's getting at, which is that this person who wrote this letter is clearly asking something that I think is so valid because I too would feel self-conscious, especially if I'm dating someone for three years. It's this question of like, look, I don't need you to propose to me. I don't need you to move in, but I need some affirmation that we are going somewhere. And I think Mm -hmm. that with just one one photo, with a little tag, with a little happy birthday, Mm -hmm. love you, that could erase all of this anxiety. I, I do think it could really be the solution. And here's the thing. I read this letter and the first question I asked was like, okay, is your boyfriend hiding your relationship or protecting your relationship? And Ooh. that that's an interesting divide there because she says very clearly, like, I don't think he's hiding.
0: He's not. I mean, she's like his plus one to his brother's wedding. Probably, exactly. Right? But see...
1: That is a great example. When you are a plus one to someone's wedding, you take a photo couple couple. Where does it go? In the photo dump. The photo dump says, oh, <laughs> besties. or something like mm. plus one with the love of my life, something like that. And okay. I think she's valid. I really think she's valid. I do. I agree.
0: <laughs> so you're not even asking for like the portrait mode no. picture across the table no. where she's And you know what?
1: Him. I want it to be an arm. I want it to be one arm yes. on top of the spaghetti, just tag. Okay. I think importantly,
2: something that I think we're both getting at is that a lot of people frame not posting as not making a choice, basically. It seems like a neutral Mm. option. But it's not. You were over the course of three years, if you are posting at all on your feed, you are making a choice Mm -hmm. not to post your partner. And it is okay for your partner to question why you're making that choice. It's not a neutral decision to not post them. It is (laughs) In fact, a concentrated decision you're making over the course of three years.
1: Yes. And actually, me and Rachel have had great offline conversations about this, which is that sounds
0: like it because you guys came prepared and I'm like, I feel like my (laughs) argument's falling apart.
1: Me and Rachel are very suspicious of people, let's say men, who do not mention their partner within the first five, 10, 30 minutes of meeting you. If they don't drop the like, oh, yeah, like me and my girlfriend, we like went to the bodega. Like if they don't use that term and they make it really seem like they're Mm -hmm. coasting through this solo life, we got a little red flaggy when we go, you know, to the Instagram and we see, oh, hold on, you guys just celebrate? your 10th anniversary what Mm -hmm.
0: okay well answer this then do you think there's anything to the idea that being a guy who posts his girlfriend all the time like imagine he's the guy who's like get over there i want to get your picture okay wait let me get another one okay can someone get one of both of us all right let's wear matching outfits and do it (laughs) don't you think that goes hand in hand with being the kind of guy who also follows a bunch of instagram models no. And like, DMs them. Like, I think there's a certain sweetness to offlineness and it. To me, it goes hand in hand with it's wholesome.
1: Okay, so this is, I, I will say, Jenna, you are illuminating something very subjective, which is that there are a lot of women who I think are online between the ages of like, let's say 26 to 39, who love the idea of a man with no social media. I understand that appeal. Maybe that's what we're getting at. Maybe he is someone who loves the offline doting, loving, I'm not on social media, but she needs someone to validate her in that way. Yeah, Disconnect. Mm-hmm.
2: I... Understand what you're saying. I do think there's very much a girlfriend boy, which is a lot mm. to deal with.
0: Is this like a wife guy? Yes. The junior version
2: of a yes. wife exactly. guy? Exactly. Okay. Yes. And it can be too much. It can also be incredibly sweet. It just depends on the kind of person who is doing it and what the point of doing it is. Right. I think what I keep coming back to is there's a lot that can be read into someone's posting policy. Maybe this actually doesn't mean that much to him. But it clearly means something to his partner. And I think just the fact Mm -hmm. of that should be enough for him to do something that he is saying isn't a big deal. If it's not a big deal, then post the photo.
0: (laughs) Why can I hear you having this argument with a man? (laughs) <laughs> I just think it's funny how I just think it's you've funny
2: never how, I do think it's funny how <laughs> I would never date someone who didn't post me to be clear. I post my friends all the time. It's just a part yeah. of the mm-hmm. kind of lexicon. Either you're completely offline or you're posting me. But if you have this weird in-between, then it's just like you're making a choice, and I want to know why you're making that choice. And you can't mm-hmm. say that you're not making a choice because you very much are. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so the letter writer has asked how to get over feeling this way but are you suggesting that the right advice is to confront him and be like why are you making your choice I think so not
2: in that you know tone of voice but just say hey (laughs) this might seem silly to you just like, it's silly to me that you can't let the dishes be in the sink for longer than two hours. But mm-hmm. we are both compromising on something because we love each other and this means a lot to the other person. You don't have to become a girlfriend boy. You don't have to post me all the time. But after three years, I do think I'm allowed a little bit of silliness. I'm allowed to have a what seems like a dumb bit of insecurity. I don't think it's a dumb mm-hmm. bit of insecurity, but I just feel like, I don't know, the point of being in relationships with people, both like in friendship and romantic and platonic, is that you're allowed to be a little bit irrational and have like things that bother you and your friends and your lovers will capitulate to them because they love you and they're going to do the same thing in three days.
0: Okay, I think you guys have convinced me. Um, <laughs> But I will just add, you can ask him, just being vulnerable and being honest about what you'd like to see and clarify that it can be part of a dump, it can be an arm. But I would also tell the letter writer, just to pay attention to what feeling you're looking for that's lacking here.
1: Mm.
0: Are you looking for the feeling that this relationship is going somewhere, that he's in it for the long haul? Are you looking for feeling that he's proud of you, that he's excited about you, And just keep track of whether the post, when and if it does happen, satisfies that, or whether that's still a nagging feeling that's coming up in other ways, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: I like that. Same.
0: You're listening to The Dear Prudence Show. When we come back, we'll be reading more of your letters. Stay with us. Welcome back to Dear Prudence. I'm here with my guests, Rachel Hampton and Candace Lim. The next letter is titled, No Kidding.
4: I have a close circle of friends since childhood, but only a few that have gone on to marry and have kids. One is my best friend, Meg. The problem is that Meg either cancels at last minute on plans or she tries to bring her kids along to events that are not child appropriate. For example... We had plans to go to a bed and breakfast, and then a wine tour of a local vineyard. Meg tried to bring her two kids, and then got mad when we told her that that was not going to happen. She canceled, and we had to split her part of the bills. Our other friends with kids are able to plan ahead, and gives the courtesy of letting us know if they are able to come or not. Meg gets very defensive about this, and says, I don't know how hard being a mother is. She also complains about not being included in invitations out. I love Meg, and I love her kids. But I don't get her martyrdom here. If she can't come, just say that, or leave the kids with her mother or their father. How do I talk to her about this?
0: I wonder if we're going to have another battle of the generations here.
1: I think I'm going to surprise you, though. So I want to hear you guys first.
0: Okay. So I would say I'm seeing Megan this story as someone who really, really wants to keep the friendship up. Mm -hmm. And is moving heaven and earth to do it. And I'm comparing it in my head to the many letters I receive from people who are complaining that their friends had kids and disappeared mm. and just weren't interested in doing anything with them anymore. I get that it's probably not ideal to bring the kids to a vineyard, but she's doing that because she really, really wants to see you. And I'm guessing she's not seeing you when you like come to her house after bedtime for a glass of wine. What do you think, Candace?
1: I am shockingly on the side of Meg. I feel a lot Mm -hmm. of empathy for her because, you know, I am not a mother, but I think I've just definitely experienced in my family, my parents were very, very adamant that they would not allow people outside of the family to take care of us. So my mom was just kind of like, I don't trust the neighbors. I don't trust anyone else. There's something there about like, I cannot let that child care go to someone else. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's a very valid insecurity. I understand. And I also sense the same thing, Janae, that you are, which is that like, here is this person, Meg, who is just kind of like, I want to still feel like a person and I want to go to this vineyard But if the stipulation, if the trade-off is that I have to take my kids, I'm going to do it because mama kind of needs it. Because that's Mm -hmm. where I'm kind of at, where it's like I'm seeing someone who really needs to let off some steam. But unfortunately, they have to operate in a society where there is no daycare at the vineyard, which, by the way, vineyard people get on top of that. Now, going back to the letter writer, this is tough. I actually think what I would do is go to Meg. To somewhere she can bring her kids, she's comfortable, a.k.a. her house, and just ask her what's going on, like, in her life in general, because I wonder if the issue actually stems from the fact that she is having childcare issues and she kind Mm -hmm. of feels like she is kind of the one who has to take care of them all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, the letter writer makes it seem really easy. Like, give them to your mother, give them to your husband.
1: It's that use of the word just that always kind of also ticks me off because whenever someone uses the word just, it means that they don't understand the actual complexities of Mm -hmm. the situation and they're trying to mask that. And that's the other thing too. This person, you know, confesses that they don't have kids. There are so few people in the friend group who have kids and it's tough. I actually want letter writer. I want you to be there for Meg. Okay. I yeah. I mean, in an
0: ideal egg. world, yes, her husband would just take the kids all weekend, but we don't know if that man is suffering from depression, if he plays golf all weekend, if he works all the time, if he's an absolute jerk, if they're on the bridge of divorce and not talking, I mean, anything could be going on. There
1: you go. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Actually, I agree with both of you. This is, I don't think <laughs> going to be the generational divide <laughs> here. I mean, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the guy who wouldn't post his girlfriend, which is that Mm -hmm.
5: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: sometimes people we love are going to do irrational things or sometimes they're going to demand things of us that seem irrational and we're not going to understand why, but we kind of need to give in a little bit because we're actually the one with Mm -hmm. the freedom to give in. And Mm. this is a case Uh, of that where the fact that Meg is canceling at the last minute or trying to bring her kids leads me to believe that she wants to be there like more than anything and things keep Mm -hmm. getting in the way and I really think that is what the letter writer should be focusing on is how much Meg wants to be there but just can't and I'm assuming that's why Mm -hmm. she's getting really defensive is she is thinking to herself is I am trying so hard to do this and not only are my efforts not enough for me to get there because I keep having to cancel but my efforts are earning me ire from the person that I'm trying to spend time with. And so I also just want to kind of know how old her children are. I think that's kind of an important part of this discussion because the first five years of a kid's life as their friend, you kind of just have to sit back and be like, every single decision that they're making is not going to make sense to me as a person who doesn't have children because children at Mm -hmm. that age are just require so much And so if they're under the age of five, then it makes sense that if she's trying to parent two kids under the age of five, but she doesn't want to lose her friends, that she's making decisions that don't make sense to you, like trying to bring her kids to a vineyard. Maybe just have events that don't include alcohol is one of the things that Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people who have friends who are parents just refuse to do. And it really goes to show like how strong alcohol culture is in America or wherever Mm. This person is writing from, I guarantee that the person you want to see who has kids can probably come to an event if there's no alcohol. Like, the issue here is that it's at a vineyard and y'all are all going to get drunk, which is your right, but you're right. going to exclude people who can't do that. Or you're going to be annoyed that they try to bring kids to a vineyard, which maybe kids shouldn't see mommy lit on a few glasses of wine. That's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if my friend Gina is listening to this podcast, but I have many memories of her parents bringing us to Napa to go wine tasting. We would just like run around outside. It was actually fine. We were probably between like seven and 11. So there are ways to make it work. I would say in this case, if kids are allowed and she's not asking you to take care of them, let her bring yeah. them. She's the one who's going to be chasing after them, changing diapers. Definitely if it's a party at a private home where the kids are going to be messing things up, if it's a wedding, fine. But if it's a public place, it's her choice. If she wants to show up with her kids and be halfway present and not have the best time, let her. If you get to have one five-minute conversation with her while she's not you know, helping someone color a picture at the table... Then that's a five minute conversation that you wouldn't have had mm-hmm. otherwise. And I don't know. I just, this is sort of my rant about the shift that happens as you get sort of to the end of your 20s in friendships. I don't think it's a good idea to make the standard for hanging out with your friends. Everyone's together, mm-hmm. drunk and single with no responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got to start realizing that life happens and things change and friendship yes it's still happy hour it's still nights out but it might be like sitting with your friend in their bed when their parent dies it might be going to their house and doing some laundry when they have a kid it might be um, showing up at their work event when they have a big professional thing it might be helping them with their presentation like friendship is more than drinking without a care in the world Mm -hmm. right and you're just gonna be very limited if you make that the standard mm-hmm. for spending time with your friends and think anything else is somehow like less than or a compromise. Yes. Because we're you're you're growing up, things change. It's gonna look different. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. yes. I mean that reminds me of that recent cut article on why can't our friendship survive your children. Oh yeah. And what I came away from is that the author is just extremely lucky that her friends haven't gone through things that didn't allow them to be present for her in the way that she wants. Mm-hmm even outside of aging and gaining more responsibilities. If you have a friend who has a disability, if you have a friend who's caring for their parents, if you have a friend who has like a really demanding job, there are so many things that can happen in your life where they're not going to be able to make happy hour. And that shouldn't be the limit of your friendship. You should be able Mm -hmm. to exist outside of that frame of reference. And if you can't, then it's not really a friendship. It's a, proximal relationship you have.
0: Right. It's a going out buddy. Yeah. And
2: you can't expect them to be there for you all the time if you just have a going out buddy. That's not the same thing as a friend.
0: Right. And some going out buddies will fall off Mm -hmm. as people stop being available to just be going out buddies. And that's okay. So I guess in terms of concrete advice for the letter writer, don't ban her from things. Like I said, let her come if kids are welcome at the venue. And I think it is okay to tell her you'd love to spend time with her kid free and ask her how that might look for her, right? So maybe it means coming over after the kids are in bed. Maybe it means that for her birthday gift, she'd like everyone to chip in for some kind of childcare coupon. Maybe it means you just go to her house and hang out while the kids are there and have conversation wherever you can fit it in. But don't exclude this woman. I mean, I would hate to get a letter from her. I can only imagine what she's going Mm -hmm. through. And again, don't forget, when her kids are a little bit older, and you may or may not have your first little kid and she's like she has all the time in the world you're gonna want the same kind of accommodations like friendships just ebb and flow you got to kind of go with it this is dear prudence we need to take a break but when we come back more letters from you and advice from us stay tuned I'm Janae, and you're listening to Dear Prudence. Rachel, Candace, and I are about to tackle our last question for the day. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, this letter is titled Defensive or Independent.
5: My husband and I have been married for 28 years. In our early years, we would hang out with another young couple, Mike and Anne. They moved away, and I lost contact. It's I, because my husband doesn't maintain or seek friendships. Ten years ago, I found Mike, but not Anne, on social media, and we caught up. He had remarried, became an educator, like me, and had a child. We renewed our friendship, and I appreciate our bond. It is not sexual and never has been. Recently, my husband saw, by looking over my shoulder when I didn't know he was standing there, that I had received a message from Mike. Mike was going through a divorce, and I was being a friend and listening. My husband told me it was inappropriate for a married woman to maintain a friendship with a man, especially if he's single. He was very angry, and the next day asked me to exchange phones so he could go through mine. I refused. I don't think it's appropriate for him to make this request, and I wouldn't make it. I have private conversations with my kids, my friends, private thoughts that I write in a notebook app. I photograph myself nude so I can see the progression as I age, etc. I deserve privacy. My husband says he doesn't trust me. I have never done anything to earn this, which he has admitted to. He just doesn't trust me, period. In the past, I have lost friends due to his behavior. I'm not letting this one go. Am I in the wrong for refusing to exchange phones and for having a male friend?
0: Can we just pause really quickly on I photograph myself nude so I can oh, see the progression okay. as that, I age? That's, that, that's really brave. I
2: was <laughs> like, I love this woman.
0: I love her. Yeah. She's
2: living life the way she should. Because that mm-hmm. is very She's brave. She's like, interesting changes. Yes.
0: Save. No, exactly. <laughs> anyway, what do you think, under normal circumstances, what do you think about a married woman or man being in a friendship with someone of the same gender, the gender they're attracted to, outside their marriage? Like, what are the overall rules, if there are any?
2: (laughs) So, you're asking an extremely single gal this question. Um, (laughs) I'm coming to this question as a a single woman. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I thought we had kind of moved past the When Harry Met Sally of it all, of men Mm -hmm. and women can't be friends. Great movie phenomenal sweater. Really good movie. All to say, I don't think it's that big of a deal if you are an adult with good boundaries and the other person is an adult with good boundaries. Um, I don't really know what else to say beyond that. I don't I don't like it just feels extremely simple to me in that not being able to be friends with people of the opposite sex reduces them down to their sex or gender in a way that I find mm. very weird and essentialist Mm -hmm. they're not a person outside of the fact that they are a sex or a gender that you're attracted to and it's kind of deeply misogynistic it really suggests that the only value a man finds in a woman is that he's attracted to her and that Mm. the only value a woman finds in a man is that he's attracted to her that they can't see each other as people worthy of having a relationship with And that's weird to me. Okay, but
0: Rachel. (laughs) Okay, in a previous letter, we talked about a woman who wanted to be posted on her boyfriend's Instagram. Mm -hmm. And she was like, reasonable or unreasonable, that's my feeling. And you were saying he should honor that, right? So what if your partner is like, I'm not comfortable with the friendship? Should you just honor that because that's their feeling? I think that's different. I mean, this is why I think it gets complicated. Oh, it definitely does get
2: complicated. I think there's a big difference between a belief that is irrational and harmless and a belief that is irrational Mm. and harmful. I think that posting someone on your Instagram is a harmless desire at the end of the day unless you're very jealous or controlling and it doesn't seem like that's what's happening here. I think that not wanting someone to be friends with another person when nothing has happened is extremely harmful i understand if they had like a flirtationship or there was an admitted attraction saying i'm not comfortable with you being friends with that person that is completely that's a different situation here it feels like no boundaries have been crossed and it's literally just this person's maleness that is bothering her husband and Mm -hmm. that's weird
0: to me side note did people when you were growing up did people ever tell you you should go to law school (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have yeah. really good at arguing a point like you give like the law and then like the policy reasoning behind it yeah apply it to the facts my
2: parents have um, called me a politician before because they're like you never give a straight yeah. answer and i'm just like it's not not a straight answer i just i think
0: everything has no, context yeah it. yeah so i actually just i asked the question in part because i saw a good tweet about this i was like i think this is the answer This was referring to relationships with exes, but let's just say relationships outside of your primary relationship with someone who you could be attracted to. Mm. The person who tweeted it tweets under the handle Yum Coconut Milk. I think her name is Nyla. Mm -hmm. Do you guys follow her? I do. Anyway, she's great. She said, quiet as it's kept, the appropriateness of a relationship when you're in a monogamous relationship yourself completely depends on both parties not wanting each other at all, which is rare. So I think that's actually the rule, right? It's okay as long as you legitimately don't want the other person. But the tricky thing is only you know that.
1: Oh. Your partner doesn't know that. Okay. So the
0: real rule is you got to date or marry someone who you trust to be honest about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to the situation at hand with this jerk <laughs> oh no, sorry. The situation at hand with this jerk, um, who has ruined his wife's friendships and is like over her shoulder looking at her phone and making rules for her.
2: Can we just pause and say, I have been stuck on the parenthetical it's I because my husband doesn't maintain or yes. seek friendships since we started talking about this?
1: yes and the fact that he's done this before she says that he has ruined relationships before so that's a pattern Uh.
0: oh wow i missed that parenthetical i miss a lot in this letter obviously (laughs) um so he wants them to be each other's only people Yes, he wants to isolate her he doesn't want any other friends and he doesn't want her to have any either
1: okay so let's pull on that thread because i think what is happening here is the husband of letter writer is clearly projecting a lot of future fears, worries, anxieties that Mm -hmm. he himself has in a potential future where they are no longer together, whether that's a widow situation, divorce, whatever. So for example, mm-hmm. friend, male friend, let's just call it male friend. So the mm-hmm. male friend went through a divorce. And I feel like we've heard a lot of people say that when you go through a divorce, that is the loneliest time you feel. Because for example, mm-hmm. your friend group that was once together is now split. You don't know who your allies are. Your best friend that you were married to, you cannot talk to them anymore. And I think the I think Mike going to letter writer makes sense. I've had my best friends as. Boyfriends who I don't even know that well come to me because like they just don't know where else to go from like an emotional Hmm. standpoint. And to me, that stuff is kind of innocent as long as it ends with, like, hey man, I really think you should talk to someone. Here's a number, you go find that copay. Then the other thing is the husband is pretty clearly worried about the worst case scenario, which is cheating. Yeah. And my genuine mantra for work conversations conversations between people of different genders whatever is would you send that message if you knew that your spouse was reading it if so do your thing go go hit the lol Mm -hmm. but if there is a conversation that is happening that you know that if a third eye was looking at it and you're a little bit like oh i don't know about this Mm -hmm. then that's when i think like okay we got to like talk about boundaries a little bit however the question here is not like if letter writer is crossing boundaries the question is like what do we do about said husband who literally keeps ruining the messages like
0: she probably couldn't even message a coworker and say want to grab coffee yeah because her husband would be like what are you doing Mm -hmm. so I mean it all goes back to being married to the wrong person you know like that none of the reasonable rules apply if you're married to someone who isn't interested in being reasonable Mm
2: -hmm. and I mean it really is alarming to me that he would say after 28 years that he just doesn't trust her even though she's done nothing to earn his distrust
0: damn That's another detail I
2: missed. 28 years. (laughs) 28 years. I'm just like, you have quite honestly been married longer than I've been alive. And you can't trust your wife? Why are you still married? I'm not saying get divorced because that feels like a lot to do after 28 years. There are a lot of things that go into that. But it just the foundation is fundamentally rotten. And I don't know how to answer the question when we're on such shaky ground.
0: You know, I'm actually, I will say I'm really impressed by the letter writer Mm -hmm. for having such a strong sense of self and not being more beaten down Mm. um, by being in a relationship with someone like this for so long. Like I would think after 28 years with someone who has no friends and doesn't trust you, you would be like experiencing self-doubt, questioning yourself. You would have been effectively gaslighted by now. Yeah. And she's just kind of like, no, he's crazy. He's unreasonable. I deserve yeah. privacy.
2: I mean, the confidence of watching your body as it progresses that speaks to me about right. the like deep sense of self worth that
0: mm-hmm. exists
2: outside the control of this man who I think would have browbeaten a lot of people into the ground after almost 30 years like I really am truly impressed with this woman and I want her to leave but she seems to have worked her life out in such a way that she doesn't need to and to still remain herself which like just hats off to you ma'am
0: yeah. Well, the good thing for us is that um, she has not asked, what should I do? She has right. only asked, right. am I in the wrong for refusing to exchange phones or for having a male friend? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. You are not in the wrong.
1: I agree. Also, because, you know, she mentions that Mike is an educator like her. Hashtag industry friends. We all need mm-hmm. work friends. We some yeah. people have work husbands that they're not married to, even though they are married to other people. And so <laughs> here's the thing. If your husband was crown jewel, best husband of the year award, what he would really be saying at this stage in your relationship is maybe, hey, like, if I, you know, go in such tragic ways, I give you my blessing to pursue something with Mike. I think you guys would be like really great together. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that would be lovely. And her husband will never do that. Oh, no. At least not she this can one. know that she's right. Not this one. Maybe the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying to break up. Again, I'm not allowed to tell everyone to break up. But if it happens, <laughs> you can be with someone like Mike. Okay, those are all the questions we have for this week. It's been fun and hopefully helpful. Rachel and Candace, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks
1: for having us. Thank you. I love coming Thanks. on the show. And guys, you just got three pieces of advice for the price of one,
0: which
2: is
1: free. Exactly.
2: Cause this podcast
1: yeah. is free.
0: <laughs> 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 for more of Rachel and Candace, listen to Icymi. New episodes come out every Wednesday and Saturday. Do you need help getting along with partners, relatives, coworkers, and people in general? Write to me. Go to slate.com forward slash prudy. That's slate.com forward slash P R U D I E. The Dear Prudence column publishes every Thursday.
1: If you'd like to hear your question answered on the podcast, we are looking for letter writers who would be comfortable recording their questions for the show. You can stay anonymous.
0: Dear Prudence is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks with a special thanks to Maura Curry. Editorial help from Paola Verona. Daisy Rosario is senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. I'm your dear Prudence, Janae Desmond-Harris. Until next time.